Support for Class Dismissed comes from School Status. School Status helps educators at every level take control of student data for increased outcomes and meaningful stakeholder engagement. Find out more at schoolstatus.com. You are listening to Class Dismissed, episode 81, and I'm your host, Nick Ortego. What was the most downloaded episode of Class Dismissed in the year 2018? And why was everyone searching online for this Class Dismissed interview? Stay with us. Class Dismissed is the podcast that inspires educators through story. Each week, we cover some of the hottest topics and news in the world of education. Plus, we hear from a guest with a bright idea for education that you can apply in your community. This week, it's a 2018 recap, and we're sharing our favorite interviews from the year. Hello, everybody. Nick Ortego here, and I'm joined by teacher extraordinaire, Lissa Pruitt. Lissa, how you doing? I'm great. Have you had a fantastic 2018? Yes. <laughs> you know who's had a great 2018? The Class Dismissed podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's been it's been a really good year for us. In fact, I don't know. We haven't talked about this. This happened a few weeks ago, and we haven't brought it up. But we were selected in the top 25, like, education teacher podcast that you must listen to right yes that was pretty exciting but we were number four nick yeah but we yeah we were number four and we were i don't know if that was like listed like by their rankings like I yes don't know. it was that's okay. it we're gonna say it hey was. so we're number four <laughs> number four yeah <laughs> it's a i mean fact. i like i like to think that we're number one <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it was really an honor to be selected number four is great too so so that's great that's a good start for um the 2018 and then oh i meant to pull this up and i'm going to do this real quick so bear with me i was looking at the amount of countries that we have listeners in how many countries do you think we're listening to it oh my gosh i have no idea i, I don't like guessing games like that 61 <laughs> countries that's crazy that is crazy yeah hey so which state is are we most popular in? i remember you telling me once that we were like really big in what was it kansas well, well first first was the wrong countries no first was wrong countries united states is number one australia is number two we have a, a decent amount I of listeners i love australia i do too like i mean i was just telling my son the other day i've never met one i didn't like and and you know when they had the uh, the Olympics there years ago, like back in the nineties, mm-hmm. it was considered like one of the best Olympics of all time, like Probably. best host cities. I, for, I forgot if it was Sydney or somewhere the like city. that. Was it Sydney? Yeah. Um, but no, in for the United States, Mississippi. Since we're in Mississippi, naturally we we have the most listeners from there. But number two is California, and then followed by Texas, and then Georgia. Um, so huh. we're strong in the South in California. Maybe some people don't like to hear my Southern draw. <laughs> I don't think that's it. And I, I don't know. I guess we all kind of have one. And we're, we're just going to wear it like a badge <laughs> of honor. Right? All right. So um, that's all good news. But since it's the turn of the year, I kind of wanted to talk about um, a recap of the year. Like what were our favorite episodes? And also, what did people like the most? What did they listen to the most? So do you want to guess first, not what episode was listened to the most, but what web page, which was an episode, was clicked on the most in 2018? Based on our podcast, you're saying which which web page did we drive people to the most? Right. Because they heard something on our podcast. Well, not necessarily because they heard. No, no, no. It's it's a classdismissedpodcast.com web page. Gotcha. 
but it's really more of an SEO search engine optimization thing. What did people Google the most and end up landing on the Class Dismissed podcast? Oh, my goodness. Oh. It's obvious to me, but I don't know. Because it's something that's big in pop culture that we talked about on this show. Teacher strikes. No. I mean, I know that's not pop culture, but to me, if I was Googling teacher strikes, I do feel like we have talked about that a lot. So the the page that people have been Googling and naturally coming across our site the most is they're typing in Fortnite in the classroom. Oh. And they're hitting our page because we were one of the first of course. people to talk about <laughs> using Fortnite oh my in the classroom. And I mean, it's thousands and thousands of hits this year. Well, that's awesome. Have all been people trying to figure out, like, how can I relate to my students? And yes, uh, that is all they care about. So let right. me get in there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we did this great interview with uh, Dennis Sheerhan, who's the, he was the author of a book called Hacking Mathematics. And he does this like make it real chat. And um, he was throwing out ideas of like, how can we make Fortnite relevant in the classroom and use it as a vehicle? He's not like saying like, let's give in to Fortnite, but he's saying like, use this as a vehicle. And he was like throwing out ideas of using how they use alliteration in there with all the town names. And- say, let's look at the map in Fortnite. And every place in that map has a location that involves alliteration. Everything has two titles on it, Anarchy Acres or Tomato Town or Dusty Depot. Huh. And let's talk about alliteration. Let's talk about naming some other places and learn about that in our English classroom. Mm-hmm. And They did. Uh, they were talking about the... Uh, using uh, geometry with the circles closing in. Uh, At minimum, it's really cool because when you close in a space at a certain radius, uh, you change the, like, obviously the area of play. And people think that you change it uh, by the same amount, but you don't. Um, It it was a really interesting episode. So if anybody wants to go back and uh, hear any of that one, that was uh, episode 46 uh, of the Classes Miss podcast. Right. All right. So now the most listened to episode, which one do you think it is? And it was a recent one. The, uh, oh, it was a recent one? Yeah. Okay, I was going to guess Roxanne, so. Roxanne Eldon, I think she did the best the year before. Okay, I don't know. It was another author, and it was um, Jennifer Saravallo and okay, her well, new book. Yes, okay, I can see that. And she's got this massive following she and does. stuff. and and uh, rightfully so. Right, and definitely earned. And it was about her book, and we titled the episode, it was episode 72, Taking the Fuzziness Out of Reading Comprehension, Comprehension. with Jennifer, Jennifer Saravallo. And uh, it was about her uh, new book, which was Understanding Text and Readers. Um, so, Which really, I have to say, is so helpful if you've never given her stuff a look, because it is very ambiguous. It is confusing. As a teacher, it's confusing uh, as a parent. As a as parent, as yes, you know, I, I end up giving away the book that I got as an advanced copy mm-hmm. as a, like a giveaway we did with the show and on Twitter. And I was, I, I reluctantly like sent it on its way in the yeah. mail because as I was looking through it, it was like I could see myself when Isla, my youngest, gets a little older and starts to read, to like go back and quickly flip to those pages where it's like, this is what you're looking for. This is what, yes, this is what understand. it looks like. Yeah. Exactly. Is she mm-hmm. really comprehending what she's reading? Right. And, and the topic was intimidating when I first looked at it. But then as you start reading Jennifer's book, it just kind of starts to become clear. Um, if we know, for example, that a, a plot in a level R text is likely to have flashback, then if a child's reading a level R text and we ask them to retell, if they're only telling us uh, in sequence, we can know that they might be missing something. Yes. And it is intimidating for teachers because you have so many 
different types of readers in your classroom. And everybody needs a little bit different of a recipe, a little more of this, a little less of that. And then you expect the parents to help, but it's hard to tell them what to do. So I would imagine the book is just as useful for parents as it is for teachers. Now I want to talk about um, our favorite show. And Russ couldn't make it to the show, but... He told me what his favorite show was. Oh, so I get to pick a favorite. Yeah, you get to pick okay. a favorite. I'm going to pick a favorite. And okay. then Russ has his favorite, but I'll just tell you what Russ's was. He really liked episode 43. And that was why this educator reads a novel to his pre-algebra class. And it was like a book, like an actual novel. And uh, it was super interesting. This was the book that he reads is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Night. And it's about uh, the main character's in this mystery novel is this 15-year-old boy, and he has a form of autism, but he's very gifted in mathematics. And what I see every year is that certain kids move from the camp that doesn't participate to the camp that does as a result of reading this novel. I think a lot, it helps a lot of kids identify as math people differently. Hmm. Like, I may not be the same type of math person as you know, the ones who are really fast or the ones who get the answer right away. But I had a lot of, you know, I, they, these kids get in the habit of participating in a whole different context because we're reading a novel. We're not doing traditional math. And that habit carries over once the novel's done and we're back to doing more traditional math. But he uses things from within the book to get the kids interested about the math that they're learning. And he's mm-hmm. written all sorts of lesson plans that go along with it. Like what I liked about this one was it could easily be adapted in another classroom anywhere. Absolutely, yeah. So I want to hear about your favorite episode. Okay, so definitely my favorite person that we've interviewed and episode is episode 54, The Relentless Principle. I follow him on Instagram. We're right. Insta buddies. And he was two episodes. We did two episodes two with Two episodes so because 54, he was 55. that dynamic. He so was great. I'm speaking of... Hamish Brewer. Yeah. He is a principal. He's he's got you wouldn't notice him as a principal. He's got tattoos all over him. He skateboards. He's uh was he from New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. Yes. And so I immediately went to follow him on Instagram and he brightens my day a couple times a week. You know, yeah. he's just so inspirational. He's so infectious. I mean, he really when you listen if you go back and listen to R2, it's I, I want to say it's fifty four and fifty five. They're yeah, back to back. Back to back, yeah. Okay. So he, it makes your heart race. Yeah, if like you're you an educator or a superintendent, you know, or, or a, a leader, parent or a leader, or a leader yeah. he, he, it makes your heart race listening to that podcast. You, you high five kids as you walk through the hallway. Download, download, download. Up high, up high. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's and I listen to you um, give a morning announcement, um, and, and you have that same energy that you have right now on the morning announcement, but you said something that stood out to me. You said, If somebody didn't tell you today they love you, Mr. Brewer is telling you today that he loves you. Have a great day. Yeah, there's not enough love in the world, man. We, we forgot to tell kids we love them. We stopped using that word love, you know? And so many of our kids don't hear that word enough. And it doesn't matter if you're from a... Affluent school, poor school, middle school, high school, elementary school. It doesn't matter where you go. Kids still need to be loved and hear that they love them. You know, kids are kids at heart. And so when even at the middle school, the kids are they, they're like, if I don't if I'm not on the announcements that day and say that they know and they're coming up and they're finding Mr. Bro, we didn't, you didn't say you loved us today. And so, you know, you know, it matters to them if they're chasing this down. And I tell the kids in the car all the time, I love you. 
or if they're if they're in some hot water with me, I love I, I don't love I don't like what you did, but I still love you. I mean, and I was there for the podcast. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Like I was right. so, you know, to go back and listen to it and have and and be ignited right. again. Yeah. Like he, He's he working is, on a book now, too, from what I understand. Well, I mean, I'll be buying it. He, I love some of the things he says, like when he says, like, there are no, like, I mean, he gets so fired up, you know? I mean, yeah. you almost, like, envision him speaking to, like, the masses, and it's really just you. Like, I would, that had to have been the easiest interview you've ever done, Nick, because yeah, it was an he easy just one. got yeah. up there and took it, and you were like, yes. Like, you yeah, kept right. going, yes. <laughs> right. Teaching two exams today, that's got to stop, man. What matters is what you do each and every day. I tell my staff, if we're bringing it and we're on fire each and every day, great things are going to happen. We don't have to worry about exams. We had the highest exam results in our school division. Like we had scores in the high 90s for everything. And we were a Title I school. Like who says you can do that? I say we can because kids are not a label. Poverty is not a learning disability. And and we're not going to quit on our kids. And so we had this mindset, this 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 aggressive nature, and I'm in my I'm in the face of my teachers and students, and willing them on, inspiring them on that we get we we can be great. Nobody's going to hold us back. Woo! But like he, I love some of the things he says. Like I and I say them to myself when I'm teaching. When I'm you know sometimes teachers get bogged down, and we 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 do we just get snowed under, and 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 you can you can start to be negative when you didn't mean to be, you right. know, and so I will like think of things that he said, like there are no labels, and poverty, you know, it's not a learning disability. Like quit right. acting like there's nothing you can do for these children that are coming from low socioeconomic backgrounds and low help at home. Doesn't matter. You be the champion in their life, you know, and right. he just. I don't know. He's totally real with his teachers. That's, He's real with his students. And I mean, real is really what I got with him because there's, I, you know, I follow a lot of different people on Twitter and stuff, and some of them are fantastic. And sometimes you come across some people on Twitter who are almost just trying to be a brand without actually having done anything. And I'm just mm-hmm. being blunt. Like yeah. you, you, that, that exists out there. And those people know who they are. We know who they are. He's not that person. Like yeah. He's like the reverse of it. Absolutely. Like he's done something. And now he's starting to blow up online because he's done something great. Yeah, and he's yeah. done it twice, BT right. Dubs. He's right. done it twice with two different districts to where he's taken them from the bottom to the top. And, right. and he'll quickly say, like, it's not just me. Like, like I changed the mindset of my teachers, and then therefore they changed the mindset of the students, and we're a family. We change our landscape. We change our atmosphere. We change our mindset. We yeah. change our goals. And he's like, you know, we're coming for you. I mean, like, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And then he's like, we make no apologies for saying that we're going to be the best, and you watch out because we're going to be the best. And then he did it. So since mine was definitely the best one, for sure, like I mean, yours, not, yours was pretty great. You're not going to top it. You're yeah, not going to I mean, top it. Yours Sorry. was a pretty great episode, <laughs> but there was one that I did that like kind of touched me. Like, like it, I, I got it, and it might just be for because of my love of travel and cooking. But I know what you're going to say. It was the episode about Anthony Bourdain, and it was a college professor who's doing this. But I truly believe that a high school professor could do the same thing, or high school teacher, rather, could do the same thing. And it's all about this professor out of, um, is it Nichols University in Louisiana? Am I saying that right? Um, sure. 
Yeah. It's a, <laughs> I mean, I feel like with a lot of things in Louisiana, you can pronounce yeah. it. A I'm bunch sorry. Of it's it's, it's Nickel State University. Um, but so it was um, Todd Kennedy, and he was in Spain when with his wife, who's also a professor, and she was doing some research in Spain. And they, they were on their way to a restaurant um, that Anthony Bourdain had recommended on his show. Um, and he's like, I'm not even a diehard Anthony Bourdain fan, but I was going to go try this restaurant out of like, yeah. you know, when in Rome or when in Spain. <laughs> and um, so they were on their way. And then he found out about Anthony Bourdain's passing. Yeah. And it just like really struck him. He said it almost caught him off guard. Like he he would have never thought to teach a class about him. But I guess it kind of stuck with him and just everything that, you know, he's contributed to society in terms of just life lessons and culture. And, culture. Yeah. Right. And, and then it, literary culture as well. Like anyone who really watches his shows – um, know how much he would refer to books and writing, and he would write his shows like a book. Um, so he pitched to his, I guess, dean, you know, hey, let me teach this course, and it blew up. And we talk about being interdisciplinary, and we talk about connecting between different ways of approaching culture, but usually we do it with one or two, and we say, well, today's the day that we're comparing art to literature, or we're comparing film to literature. We rarely really just take the whole enchilada and approach it in one go. And that's what Anthony Bourdain did every single week. And he did it quite brilliantly, the more I realized. And so I just started looking at episodes. The idea kind of came and it seemed kind of harebrained and I wasn't taking it that seriously. And I just kept thinking about it more and mulling it over. And the more I thought what the class would look like, the more complicated and complex it became. And eventually I kind of felt like it's one of the more complex classes I've ever taught in my life. The idea of it blew up and they're getting enrollment for the online version from all over the country. There's people coming, flying in to take this course in Louisiana. Um, And I just thought it was a brilliant idea. Like I really feel like there is a lesson to be learned when diving into the things that Anthony Bourdain bought, brought to uh, society. And so um, if you really want to kind of figure out like what he's going to do with this, listen to the, the episode because he, he really does dive into, you know, how he's going to make this a class. Yeah. So we're going to open by reading Kitchen Confidential, which is the book that kind of put Anthony Bourdain on the map. And that's really the only biohistorical moment we're really going to get or the only real writing by Anthony Bourdain in terms of his fiction or his nonfiction. Um, but we're doing that just to kind of open that. But then I'm going to, we're going to read A.J. Liebling's um, Between Meals, which is kind of a canonical book for food writing that really influenced Anthony Bourdain. And we're going to watch his No Reservations Paris, where he opens the episode in black and white, borrowing from French New Wave and French quality of cinema film techniques. And basically, literally says in the episode, in the first five minutes, this is the episode I'd like to make, make, but, you know, we all know this is TV. And then as he says this is TV, it switches to color and it switches to a much more normal travel show uh, food aesthetic. All right. So if you have a uh, favorite episode from uh, 2018, we'd love to hear which one you liked. And if you have any suggestions for 2019, we'd also love to hear those. So don't forget, you can email us at info at classdismisspodcast.com. We always love to get mail from you um, and uh, and ideas as well. So uh, we're looking forward to a great 2019, aren't you? Yes. It's so weird to say 2019. I know. And gosh, I, I mean, it seems like yesterday was like turn of the millennium. Yeah. And now it's 2019. What happened to us? I know. I saw a student at school last week. She had a little shirt on that said class of 2031 or whatever. And I was like, what? That's insane. <laughs> Are you going to change anything? I know I asked you a couple episodes ago about like a New Year's resolution. Are you going to do anything professionally different? Is there anything you would change for 2019 or a goal that you would set? Yes, actually. And because of the podcast, I plan to 
start now. I, I do teach art to second and third graders, just to be clear. But I plan to start a makerspace in my art class. There you go. Uh, we don't have it anywhere uh, in our school, and I teach all almost seven hundred children come through my class a week, and I want to do it in an artistic way. So maybe we're building things that represent like a dragon, but it's made of junk sculpture, you right, know? Right. So I'm just, um, that that's what I'm penciling out, different things like that. Makerspace. Do you have the space? Well, I have my classroom. And so I'm, I think the way I'm trying to do it is in, and like I said, I'm just kind of roughing it all in, but little tubs, little bins um, to where it's almost like this table is working with these materials, but that table over there may be totally different materials. And let's see what we can come up with and be creative with and make. So drunk sculptures meet makerspace, you know. Drunk sculptures? Junk. Oh. Did I say drunk? I I'm sorry. Drunk. That's good. Junk. You might be onto something. J- j- um, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I want to do it. I think that I've gotten to know my students and there's a lot that they need, they can learn. You know, I want them to be operating screwdrivers and things like that. That's I, cool. Yeah. I've been looking into a bunch of different things and I want to do some stuff where they're weaving and just, I don't know, get way more hands-on and step away from the paintbrush and the markers and the crayons and let's just get crazy all right well here's the 2018 and uh looking forward to 2019 that's going to do it for this episode of class dismissed we want to hear from you so if you want to send us an idea or comment remember you can always email us at info at classdismissedpodcast.com we're here to support educators, but we need your support as well. So if you like what you heard today, please be sure and hit that subscribe button. And we'd also love it if you'd leave us a five-star review. Don't forget, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast or on Twitter. Just search for us by typing in Class Dismiss. On behalf of Russ with School Status and Lissa representing all the teachers out there, I'm Nick Ortigo, and I'll talk with you next week. Class Dismissed.